Some big fourth quarter performances in the NBA. We got the whole night wrapped up for you. And another suspension for performance enhancing drugs. This time Atlanta's John Collins. And it's early November and we're already talking load management. It's the Wednesday Locked On NBA podcast. Let's go. You are locked on the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Wednesday, hump day, and we're here to help you get through it. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for MassLive.com. I'm the host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. You can find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. We've got a full night in the NBA, six games to get through. We'll run them all through for you right now so you can get caught up. It's a segment we call Too Long Didn't Watch. We're going to start with the late game, Denver Nuggets, Miami Heat. Denver gets a much-needed blowout, Jake, 109-89. Yeah, they needed this, and I didn't even think they played particularly great. You had Nikola Jokic just getting foul trouble, really being bad defensively. He only played uh, he played under 23 minutes in this one. But when you're the Miami Heat and you shoot 36.4% from the field and basically get nothing from the bench, you're going to lose. And that's what happened. It really is what it boils down to. The Denver Nuggets hit 45 of 86 shots for 52.3%, and Miami hit 32 shots, and like you said, 36.5%. That's not going to get it done, so Miami loses. The Lakers beat the Bulls in a game where they seemed very, very lazy, and then they came back because that's what a good team is supposed to do to a bad team. They win. 118-112, thanks to a 38-19 to fourth quarter. Yeah, this was all Lakers kind of, you know, at the start of the fourth quarter. Like, they just looked like they didn't care. They thought they could just kind of walk by this Bulls team. And the Bulls team came out and played insanely fast. Zach Levine put up 26 in this one. They kind of just blitzed the Lakers, and the Lakers weren't ready for it. But then the bench finally got going for them. Kyle Kuzma, who struggled all game in this one, 15 points off the bench. Quinn Cook, 17. They came alive in the fourth. And then LeBron just closed them out late in the game. He finished with a triple-double, 30 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists to just two turnovers. Third straight triple-double for LeBron James. Kuzma, the big one here, 5 of 8 in the fourth quarter for uh, 11 points. Uh, by the way, check out Locked On Nuggets for a recap of that game. Uh, also, Locked On Lakers here, Locked On Bulls for full in-depth recaps of these games. Locked On Heat as well. So, uh Chicago, seven turnovers in the fourth quarter. That's not going to uh, get you uh, anywhere in this league against the King. So moving on, Orlando, Oklahoma City in an ugly game, but Oklahoma City wins 102-94. Jake, three-point shooting here seems to be where <laughs> this one went. Uh, Orlando, three, uh, three three-pointers uh, in this game, three made threes in this game, OKC 12. And that's the difference in the game here. Yeah, pretty much. You know, this one was close in the fourth quarter, and then OKC started to pull away, and then it didn't seem like they actually really wanted to win this one. Chris Paul put up 20. Uh, Shea Gildas-Alexander, 24. That was kind of just going to carry him over a really poor shooting night for the Orlando Magic. Also, Steven Adams back in the starting lineup for the Thunder in this one. Yeah, uh, OKC went small a little bit there, playing Gallo at the uh, at the center spot. 
Uh, Nick Vucevic for Orlando, not handling everything very well. Only 10 points on 4 of 15 shooting. Locked on Magic and Locked on Thunder will have full recaps of this game if you want to get in-depth on this one. Uh, Boston Celtics, my team, in Cleveland, 119-113 in the game that seemed closer. Boston kind of led this game by 11 the whole game. And, and Cleveland did a good job of keeping it close, but a really a career game by Gordon Hayward, who is, we can just declare fully back, 39 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds. He shot, Jake, 17 of 20 from the field, and all three misses were from the three-point line. Otherwise, perfect from two, perfect from the line. Yeah, so I'm going to kind of let you handle the majority of this one, but he looked really good, and that is a hyper-efficient night, and, like, the Cavs are bad. This is probably closer than it should have been. The Cavs did a really excellent job choking this away right at the end with a key turnover, Um and, yeah, that was kind of all she wrote. Yeah, they just couldn't quite execute. They had opportunities, and they did hit some shots, but – uh, really the keys here were obviously Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart defending Kevin Love. All over the place, I man. I mean, just really, uh, for a guy who's 6'3", he loves that challenge. Kemba Walker had a quiet 25, if that's possible. Uh, Jason Tatum has a line that looks great. 18 points, 7 rebounds, uh, on 9 of 16 shooting, but he missed all of his threes, which is kind of a regression from the mean. He's been hitting a lot of threes so far. But uh, it really was Hayward, and Hayward, the biggest play was a rebound down the stretch, and then Marcus Smart's defense on Love. Credit the Cavs. They they really were, were working hard to win this game. They just, they weren't talented enough. They weren't, uh, they didn't have enough to close this game out. I, on Locked On Celtics, will have a full in-depth recap of this game. Also check out Locked On Cavs. Indy. Uh, loses, uh, they blew a big lead and lose to the Charlotte Hornets 122-120 in overtime. They led by as many as 19, but Charlotte comes back 35 to 21 fourth quarter and then they obviously they win in overtime. Uh, the big, uh, the big guy here for Charlotte, Devontae Graham, 35 points, 11 in the fourth quarter, 7 in the overtime, and Bismack Biombo. He was huge. Huge in the fourth quarter for Charlotte in this one in this comeback. A 13-point fourth quarter for Bismack Biombo. What? Yeah, like that's not supposed to happen in 2019 here. For the Pacers, they wasted amazing effort from TJ Warren, who was just automatic basically throughout the entirety of the game. He was 15 of 18 for 33 points on the night. Malcolm Brogdon one of the newest guys they have, too. Also a hyper-efficient shooting night. 12 of 19 for 31 points. Not enough to get it done, unfortunately. Indiana kind of has been struggling at times this year. Also helps, you know, when you don't have maybe one of your best players. Yeah. Your uh, best player. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I'm sure the, the Locked On Hornets podcast will have a lot of fun with this big comeback. I'm going to say, Jake, the big topic on the Locked On Pacers podcast is going to be the free throw disparity where Charlotte took 42 free throws in this game to Charlotte's, I mean, to uh, Indy's seven. Yeah, that's a big number in a two point game. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, uh, the Pacers did have opportunities to close this thing out. They did not take them. 
even though there's a free throw disparity, they missed key shots, key three pointers that could have won this game both in the fourth quarter and overtime, and they missed. So check on those two podcasts for full updates, full recaps on that. And we end our Too Long Didn't Watch with the San Antonio Spurs and the Atlanta Hawks, a 108-100 Hawks win, another fourth quarter, big fourth quarter, the Hawks outscoring the Spurs by 16 in the fourth quarter. Trey Young, brilliant in this. I mean, really throwing some magical passes, 29 points, 13 assists. I swear I saw one pass go through. A person like I just was ridiculous how he sees things on the floor. It wouldn't shock me. So I, he he legitimately might be like a top five favorite player for me in the league right now. And he was awesome in the fourth quarter, putting up 16 points, basically just unguardable at that point. Just kind of it's like he's just doing his Trey Young thing. And we all know what that is. He was awesome in this one. This is a pretty big win for the Hawks who are kind of reeling with. Out John Collins, who we'll talk about in the next segment. But yeah, he was just fantastic in this one. Some really poor performances off the bench, uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. Rudy Gay also had one of, I, I don't even know how to describe this, with like seven seconds left at the end of the third quarter, decided to launch basically like a three quarter length heave. I don't know why he did that so early. <laughs> Um, that, yeah, that one's a mind boggler. Also, uh, one of the signature moments in this is going to be Trey Young making LaMarcus Aldridge dance with the dribble moves. Yes. Uh, that one's going to be a gift for, for a while. Um, the Atlanta Hawks, uh, we'll talk about Collins, like you said, after the break, they used Jabari Parker in his place. Jabari Parker had a nice game. Uh, really playing off of Trey Young well. Basically, if you can run a pick and roll with Trey Young, you're gonna score. You're in a good spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I, I could probably run a pick and roll with Trey Young and get a bucket. And I'm well, well past, like twice as past my prime as most people are. Uh, Jabari Parker, 19 points, 8 rebounds in this one. Uh, so check out Lockdown Hawks, Lockdown Spurs, they'll have your full recaps. There, like we've been saying, after the break, more on Collins and his suspension for a performance-enhancing drug, surprising to say the least. So do that, and uh reminder here, if you are a person who would like to wager on all of these games that we just talked about, do it with my book. You know, this is a great time of year, sweater, sweater weather is here, I like to, you know, open up my wardrobe. It's great to have football. It's great to have basketball. It's great to have everything going on. College basketball, people talking about college basketball on my timeline. So this is how you get into things, get into the action, have a stake in the game with mybookie.ag. You can go big. You can try to bet a little and win a lot with a big parlay. If you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are a perfect way to let you bet multiple games. For a much bigger payout, like I said, the NCAA is back in action, so you can turn your attention from the pumpkin carving or throwing away that pumpkin that's going to be sitting there rotting after Halloween on your front step uh, to the Spartans carving up, carving up defense. Cassius Winston returns for his senior year to prove that he has what it takes to bring a championship to Michigan State. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit there on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Locked on NBA and my bookie will double your first deposit. 
That's like winning a bet right away. Whatever you deposit, use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate your offer. Locked on NBA to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Hawks forward John Collins becomes the third player suspended this season for a drug violation. DeAndre Ayton, Wilson Chandler, now John Collins, 25 game suspensions for a drug violation. This one was a performance enhancing growth hormone. It's a growth hormone releasing peptide. Uh, I've done a little bit of reading on this. Jake, uh, it's, it's something just like all of the other performance enhancers, lean muscle mass. And when you look at John Collins and some of the things that we've been saying that he needs to do, packing on some strength, packing on some pounds, being able to bang down there if he's playing a center, this kind of makes sense. Of course, he, this is all, I guess, allegedly, uh, he, we can't say that he took it with the intent of performance enhancer because he says, uh, I basically, I put something in my body that I didn't realize. This is from the direct playbook. You get dinged for a performance enhancer and you say, Oh, I took something that I didn't realize. I no idea. I took a supplement and this was in here. So either you're cheating or you're stupid. And it's one of the two because You know, it it was the same thing with Aiton, too, claiming he doesn't know how – that was, I think, a diuretic got into his system and what have you and who knows. And look, some of these supplements you can take get mixed with other things. There might be trace amounts of all of that. I'm not necessarily going to say he's he's lying about this. Sure. But if you're a pro athlete, you need to make sure you know what's going into your body. You know, if you need to get – if you're taking a supplement that's got something in there, maybe – I don't know, get it, like, a pure extract of it. I don't know. I'm not a chemist, <laughs> pharmacist. But you get what I mean. Like, there's better ways to go about yeah. doing this than it feels like he walks into the GNC, buys something, and, oh, whoops, that ended up getting you suspended for 25 games. Now, 25 games, which is going to be a significant chunk and the hardest part of the Atlanta Hawks season when you look at their upcoming schedule. They're playing better than we were expecting. They're 3-3 three and three right now. They're in the playoff race for the Eastern Conference, they looked like they were going to be there all year. John Collins is averaging 17 points per game, nine rebounds, and he's shooting threes at a 47.5% clip. This kind of sucks. He was also their leading minutes guy. He's kind of the big they're building around alongside Trey Young. Like you just can't do this. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say, you know, everybody's got their own motivations. And Collins seems to be a guy who's on the cusp of something big. And yeah. he's, it's not, well, I, I shouldn't say it's not like the superstars because it can be the superstars, but it's so often the guys who are on the fringe or on the cusp and they feel like they need something. Here's the thing about this particular type of drug. It's that, um, it has been, uh, in the past, one of the things that was kind of difficult to detect and just reading through some of the history of it, you guys in baseball, baseball seems to be at the forefront of all of the, the PED talk for obvious reasons. And this was a, the type of drug, these peptides that 
have been very difficult to detect for a very long time. And it's only been relatively recently that these drugs have now been detectable. And the, the testing has become advanced enough where this can be kind of found. So now that leads me to this natural kind of like, huh? Well, if it's, if the testing is becoming more sophisticated and all of a sudden we've got three guys that were caught, how many guys haven't been caught and how many guys should be afraid of getting caught? Like that, I think is a rabbit hole you can go down, man. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if this is the beginning. It's like, it could easily be a coincidence that three guys happen to get caught. Different thing. The diuretic kind of goes hand in hand with this type of thing. The diuretic is supposed to make you pee it all out so it gets yep. out of your system. So that, that's how all of this stuff is, is supposed to work. Uh, that's why they test for it. It could be that these guys just happen to be three coincidental one-offs. That all got caught at the same time. Or, or that a lot of guys take this and, oh crap, they've caught on to us. And there are a lot of guys right now that should be sweating. And it, I'm very curious to see if there is a, a, a I don't know, glut deluge or, or who, who might be next. Yeah, you've got to wonder how prevalent this is. We've never had three really in this short period of time, let alone two of them being starters in the league and like young up and coming guys that could be destined to be future all stars. You know, it's one thing when it's Hito Turgaloo who gets banned for this sort of thing. You don't really bat an eye at the aging guy who's just trying to stay in the league. Same thing with like Wilson Chandler who was what rehabbing from an injury with all of this. Mm-hmm. But the Collins in eight and one is kind of surprising and you've got it. It just makes you wonder, is it more prevalent than we think? Because we're kind of in unprecedented territory here with all of this. And you've got to wonder if more might be coming and the NBA just really upped their detection game and they might have. And I don't know if they want to, because this certainly isn't a thing that they want to have happen. Um, but it's going to lead to guys probably kind of trying to watch out for this sort of thing. So it might end up working out the way the NBA wants, but it's just disappointing to see. I don't sure. know if they're cheating. I don't want to just accuse them of being nefarious here, but certainly something seems to be going on. Look, everybody wants to get an edge. You know, and, and there's so much money to be made out there that all you got to do is get that next guaranteed contract. Like, you don't even have to have a full 15-year or Vince Carter-type career to make a ton of money. Kind of like you used to not all that long ago. You have one good contract and you're set for life. So I can see, and I, I'm again, I don't know that Collins is this guy, but just speaking in generalities, that I can see how a young player, especially one who is seen as a, a budding star or a guy who could be working himself up towards one of those life-changing contracts, you get one of those five-year max extensions and all of a sudden you get $170 million, then... Then after that, it almost doesn't matter what happens because you've made a ton of money and you can turn that into something big. So the motivation is there. There's so much money in the league. 
and and from the league perspective, they don't want to be baseball. The the problem with baseball isn't that the guys were doing the drugs. It's that baseball knew the guys were doing the drugs and they didn't do anything about it. And they let these guys go off and have these big, like they celebrated these big milestones and then it all came crashing down. So it's easier to have these guys get hit for 25 game suspensions and then everyone kind of get the message like, oh, okay, got to put this stuff away. Then have the, oh, well, we got to keep this quiet. And then who knows who gets you get gets on it. It has like that Barry Bonds effect of like, well, if the young kids are doing it, I'm going to do it. And then everybody's doing it. And then all the numbers get pumped up. And then there's a gigantic scandal. And it, it hurts the sport. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're nearly at that level, and I don't think you think so either. But it's going to just be interesting to see what's going on here. We're going to see, that, you know, both Aiton and Collins are appealing the suspension, as they should, as they would. We'll see if it gets reduced. If it doesn't, that's probably also pretty telling, um, although I don't think any of us are thinking these are going to get reduced at all. No, probably not. And it may go hand-in-hand hand with this new push for uh, load management and keeping healthy. So why don't we take a break, come back, and we'll talk about this load management debate that's been kind of raging. Thank you, David Fisdale. Thank you, Kawhi Leonard. We'll do that when we come back on the Locked On NBA podcast. Guys touched on this on yesterday's Locked On NBA podcast where David Fisdale was asked about R.J. Barrett's minute, minutes and he kind of went off on a, a, a rant. We're saying we got to get off of the whole load management thing. It wasn't quite take that for data, but it was a rant. And that's followed up immediately by Kawhi Leonard missing a game against the Milwaukee Bucks. We've got Clippers, Bucks, big marquee game. And they're going to already start sitting Kawhi Leonard in their, in their load management thing. I, Jake, put out my own take on Twitter saying like, look, if this is what the science says, then I'm all for whatever keeps guys healthy. And if the science is saying, well, you, some guys need rest even early in the season so they don't overtax themselves then fine, that's what it says, then that's what they should do. And people are pushing back and saying, it's only game six or game seven. You can't possibly need to rest at this point. The, the season just started. Uh, I, I don't know what side you fall on, but like, I, I, if this is what they say, if this is what the doctors say, then I think, then that's what it is. So I, 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 that's kind of where I lean on this, and it, it, like there's science behind this. Like just say no, he's young, he can play this many minutes. Like it, no, it doesn't quite work like that. I think though a younger guy like an R.J. Barrett can definitely handle this if his coach wants to push him too hard, which is literally what they're doing. I don't think it'll be the end of the world. It's just that he probably burns out towards the end of the season. I don't think it's going to do long-term damage to him or anything. It's not, you know, like a pitcher out there throwing his arm off on a nightly basis and they're not keeping him on like an innings limit. Is that a thing? I don't really follow baseball, but it seems like it. I've compared it to that, like the the 100 pitch thing where in baseball, like 
once a pitcher gets to 100, 100 pitches, they go, okay, well, just about time to take him out. Doesn't matter yeah. at what point it is. And this is kind of the same thing. A little bit, like, but I don't think it'll do lasting damage like that could do to a player. You know, maybe he's just going to have a really bad final quarter of the year. Is that what you want with RJ Barrett? Probably not. There's a reason the general accepted thing is load management and maybe kind of bringing some of these young guys on a little bit slower. So I don't like it from that. Fizdale doesn't seem like he's going to listen to anyone other than what he wants to do either. So I think that's a bit of a problem. And so... <clears throat> sorry, that he is going to maybe do the wrong thing. The bigger thing to me is one of the reasons why Kawhi Leonard chose the Clippers is because they were going to do load management with him. They were going to listen to him and then and him understanding his body and knowing it better than their doctors and anything else than the coaches. The Knicks have been trying to attract people in free agency for like a damn decade now. When you have your coach going, no, I'm going to play him as many minutes as I want and run these guys into the ground, basically, <laughs> you're not going to get free agents because they, I think we've seen, they want coaches that are going to listen to them and maybe load management them when they think they need it, which is what's probably happening with Kawhi Leonard here. And it also sounds like the Clippers are going to give Kawhi Leonard off practices and things like that too, maybe less so than games. You have a coach that's killing your free agency pitch right off the bat. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's an interesting way to look at it because guys want to make sure that they're, they're kept healthy. And I, I'm sure the Knicks can say from a Fisdale perspective, like, it's one thing to play a 19 year old 40 minutes when, you know, when he's young and he, whatever, that's fine. And it's different when a 29 year old comes in and says, you know, we got to manage my body better. And look, it's, it's different for different people. I mean, I can speak from my own personal experience that when I was 19, I probably could have benefited from some load management because my, my body in particular needed a break and I didn't get it. And now I'm paying for it even today. But, R.J. Barrett at a much, 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 much higher level has a different body and maybe he can take it. And that's fine. It, the one thing I want to impress upon everybody, when we talk about load management, especially early in the season, it's not about he needs a rest right now uh, in early November because he's tired. And I think people get this derisive, kind of like, oh, poor baby, he's so tired, six games into the season. That's not what this is about. This is about the cumulative effect. And it's about not just keeping him fresh for maybe getting past the rookie wall. It's because the science says when people are fatigued, when people's bodies are fatigued, they are more susceptible to injury. So right now, his body might not be fatigued. He's fine. But the cumulative effect, 60, 70, 80 games in, who knows what happens in March that maybe if he had just been managed better, that he wouldn't have been as fatigued then. And it may not matter for R.J. Barrett in particular. It might. We don't know because that's in the future. But the whole point of load management now is not to rest the guy now. It's to make sure that his body can properly recover so when the end of the season rolls around and he lands a little awkwardly, the muscles are strong enough to keep the tendons from snapping. Like, that's the type of stuff. 
And, and yeah, I, that's a really good point, by the way. <laughs> that, that's the whole science behind it. Like, your muscles, your tendons, like, I can't get into the whole thing now, physiology, because we never have the time. But, like, you need all of that stuff. Like, when I have tendonitis in my knee, they strengthen the quad because the quad supports that. And, like, I don't know, Clay Thompson, if he had landed that same way, in November, maybe he wouldn't have torn his ACL. But because it was June, maybe he did. I, it's so hard to say because no one yeah, knows it's, for sure. Yeah, it's like, such hypothetical in all like the variables. But I get but what you're that's saying. The the, point. Like, that, that's what you're trying to avoid. Yeah, the, the other thing is, particularly for these young guys, developing good, consistent habits I think is important too. And if he's run down and tired, maybe his jumper's off a little bit and he starts using different form because he's tired. And that can affect him too and his growth, I think, as well. We've kind of seen some of that um, with different players. We've kind of dealt with some of that here in New Orleans, particularly with Lonzo Ball as he tries to kind of redo his shot. That's important for a guy in his first year in the league. But look, it's David Fisdale. Are we surprised he's doing this? No, not at all. And, and, and I understand, like, I understand his point. I, I get it. But I don't know. I, I, what, what I really, what, what really puts me off is the indignance of it all. Like, like I, as a proponent of this load management, because I believe in, there's a reason, the scientific reason for it, that somehow I'm soft or I'm babying somebody. Oh, it's just dumb. Like that, yeah, that's all dumb. That's off-putting to me. Like it's not about babying somebody. It's just about like looking at the long-term player health and making sure that every single one of these guys that plays in this league comes out of this being able to walk normally. Like that's that's my number one priority. Yeah, I think that's fair. Well, we'll see what happens. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see it play out with a rookie. We've got an experiment going on in the league right now. The the debate will rage, and I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure, we will talk about it at some point. So please subscribe to this podcast so you can hear if we get into any more deep load management conversations. In the meantime, uh, really do give us that five-star rating, a good review. As always on Wednesdays. And every day of the week, but for you, Wednesdays, while we're here podcasting for you, I'm John Corrales. I host the Lockdown Celtics podcast. You can find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. David Locke has the Lockdown NBA Thursday podcast. Stick around for that tomorrow. Make sure you're subscribed. This has been the Lockdown NBA podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.